0: Hey Isaiah, do you wanna hear a lame dad joke? Why not? Okay, how do you fix a broken pumpkin? That's a great question. Well, you do it with a pumpkin patch. Wow. Get it, pumpkin patch? I get that. Okay, anyway. Thank you, thank you. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Yes, it's true. Take your first step into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you are out there. Give us a click, a like, or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We'd love to connect with you. Yes, or what you could do, you could join one of our table communities. Echo small groups are a great way to find your people. We're in the planning season for our new table communities and we're wondering what type of group that you would like to participate in or what type of group that you would like to lead. So please email us your questions or your ideas at hey
1: at wearetheecho.church.
0: And if you are looking to give to or through Echo today, you can head to our website or text me now to 84321. We want to thank you so much for your generosity. Yes. And enjoy Echo Sunday's service. You're echo supposed to help. Oh, it's yeah, Echo. It's fine. Enjoy service. Enjoy yours.
2: if you knew that today.
1: Someone came into this space and you need a healing. You need a miracle. And What you need to hear today is that you're not alone, that God sees you and he wants to do something significant in your life today. So if that's you, if you need a healing, you need a touch from God this morning, will you just raise your hand? Let's be the church today. Can we do that? I see a few people back here. And if you see someone raising their hand and you feel comfortable, find someone let's just make this a a place of prayer a house of prayer jesus today that we acknowledge that there is no one like you (laughs) god we just believe we believe that you do miracles still we believe that you are god we believe that you see our need God, we believe that you love us. We believe, God, that you have your best intentions for us. We believe you're capable. We believe that you're able. Jesus, we believe you are Lord. We believe you are the healer. We receive today. We receive today. It's just all across this room. Would everybody just put their hands out as if if you're gonna receive something from a friend. Can we just receive something from the Holy Spirit today? Can we receive something from the Spirit? Jesus, we receive. We may not have come in here with expectation, but God, you are the God that blows expectations. You exceed expectation, and today we receive from you. God, people who came in here doubting who you are, we just ask that you would reconfirm your presence in their life. God, I just pray some people that that are, are sitting here doubting their calling, God, I just ask that you would just invade that mind and eradicate that thought, and you would inspire them to be the person that you have created them to be. Jesus, we receive because there is no one like you. In Jesus' name, everybody said.
3: Welcome to Sweatpants Sunday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Christy. I'm one of the co-lead pastors here, and we are doing something a little different today, so you're in for a treat. Who thought it was easier to put on sweatpants to come to church today than dressing up? Yes, this is the best tradition. Raise your hand if it's your first time ever wearing sweatpants to church. Anyone? Yes, I love it. Congrats. Congrats. We're just all about, we're all about traditions. We're all about making it easier for you. It's a good tradition. We love it. We thought it might be a total disaster a few years ago, but here we are, year three, love and life. It's good. It's good. So today we are doing Around the Tree. We are excited to share some stories with you. You get to hear from this beautiful panel of people. And honestly, if we're, they're going to be opening gifts. And as they open gifts, they are going to be sharing some stories And the things that they are choosing to open is maybe gonna evoke a memory, gonna evoke a moment. And if I have learned anything in my 40 years of life is it's not about things, right? It's about being with people. And I think Christmas can be a season of craziness. Sometimes there's a lot of joy. There can be a lot of sorrow. Some of you may be here and there's an empty seat next to you and you've lost a loved one, but we just want to take this time in the next half hour and inspire you. Our heart is to motivate you and encourage you where you can walk away today feeling a little lighter and feeling a little sense of hope and joy. And so we don't wanna minimize anything you've ever gone through or what Christmas is represented, but we believe there's a lot to celebrate. And so we're gonna hear from Isaiah first. So Isaiah, we'd like to see what you're gonna open for us. Let's cheer for Isaiah. He's gonna open his present there, and then then he are you gonna? He's preaching, well, guys. We'll Everyone see, clap I, for Isaiah. Again. It might He's turn to be in word. a message.
0: I'll, we'll see. Um, what is it? <laughs>
3: Throw that tissue. What do you got for us? So,
0: I have homemade tamales Ooh. as my gift. Ooh ah. Uh. Oh. Take a bite. Take a bite. Yes. Take a bite. I do have to admit, though, Chrissy, I. Forgot well, let's just say this. My family's gone in Aww. Mexico, Texas for the holiday. That's they left me, me and my wife. Um, and normally we do this, and you're gonna hear me talk about that. So thank God for my my family and, and other Mexican family, because I found these in a, a family in Dodge Center had them.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, so random family and Dodge Center. We, we I utilize we
0: resources, see. you see. But yeah, so my gift is a Tamale. Um, if you don't know what this, this goodness is wrapped in, in corn husk, um, oh, well, yeah
3: Annie was a youth pastor here. for 15 years, if you can't tell right now.: Yes, okay
0: so I'm assuming just based on on cultural norm, this has a, a little tie around it if you don't know, which means it's probably hot, okay? We do that because we don't know what, what looks like what in there when you're steaming these. Yeah, they'll probably have a little jalapeno, spicy. Oh, yes, yeah, spicy for those of you wondering. Sorry. This is fabulous. This is fabulous. So inside this wonderful corn husk, mm. Mm. it's not my, my grandma's, but it's fine. Okay, like I said. But dis- anyway, disendog center here, folks. <laughs> dis- center. Um, If you don't know what that is, it's stuffed with cheese, meat. Wow, this is a lot harder to talk. (laughs) And it's steamed in a big pot. And it's usually served with. um, Thank you, Sam. (laughs) Served with pico de gallo, that's what they say. And um, chips on the side. We will not be repeating this next service. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I am part Mexican, even though my wonderful skin color does not show that because we are in the middle of December, but I will show you up in July, okay? <laughs> but, why the tamale? Chew first.
3: We'll watch you chew and chew swallow. Okay, so tamales are really good. I'll like, uh, you chew, take a swig of water, mm-hmm. it's okay. I do we want to say that the cast them. family has received homemade tamales from Isaiah's mom on Christmas Day in the years past. And it is the best. We've gotten the text message, check your mailbox. And if you've never... Who has never had a tamale before? Okay, this is an assignment. Okay, next if year. You don't, If you can't make homemade because it's a tedious process, mm-hmm. Trader Joe's or Costco, okay, people? <laughs> They're delish. That was
0: my first mistake. Should have went there.
3: It's okay. It's all. okay. All right. Anyway,
0: so why the tamale for me? Um, I grew up with a family making these around the holidays every year, whether it be my parents or my grandparents, or even my aunts and uncles, the tamales would take so much time <laughs> to prepare. We had to prepare the ingredients, the meat, um, the masa, which is that wonderful thing that I just ate, just about wrapped around, soak the corn husk, all these things um, took a process. And I would say it probably took like a normal normal year, it'd be like a week of prep. So a lot of prep goes into these, and then they steam for hours. So process of all this food leads to something greater and as i was preparing for this it didn't matter about the time that was put into making these but my abuela which that's grandma if you don't know in spanish um that's what we called her she always instilled this action of hospitality and um i just want to talk about that concept of hospitality for a moment so it, hospitality if you don't know it can be defined or de- uh, as quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous way. Amen? Like, we love that here. Um, Super cool to hear that portion, but what I find fascinating is when the word hospitality was directly translated from Greek, it literally means love of strangers. Love of strangers. And in Romans 12, 13, it says, Contribute to the needs of saints and seek to show hospitality seek to show hospitality and hospitality is a virtue that is both commanded and commended through scripture we see that in the book of leviticus we see and are told to love the foreigner love the stranger love the distant one as yourself which not always easy but i would define that as to be hospitable and in Matthew, we see Jesus doing ministry. And, and through that ministry, we can see that he completely defended or depended on the idea of hospitality because it's not like Jesus walked into the nearest Hilton and the doorman was there with an ice cold beverage. It's not how it was. He was teaching and doing miracles. And why he did, while he did that, he stayed and slept in others' houses. So people would simply open up their doors and be like, you stay here. The disciples, they stayed and slept. They ate in people's houses and they did ministry. They were shown hospitality. And Paul, in Acts 16, was teaching and a woman named Lydia opened her house to to Paul because she was so enthralled by his teachings, she actually was saved because of Paul coming through their city. Lydia allowed for others to gather and to have a place to hear the good news because she knew what it could do. And I'm getting a little choked up because you see that name, Lydia, correlates because that's my grandma's name. Abuela Lydia. She's 95. There's so much memory. While I was growing up, I remember during Christmas visits to Texas and Mexico that there was always people at the table. That there are plates of tamales much bigger than these. <laughs> Platters. It looked like a heavenly feast. <laughs> and some people I knew, and some I had no idea who in the world they were. And I'm talking like it could have been fourth cousin Omedo brought his friend's wife. Like <laughs> it could have been that way. But. That was my grandma. She instilled and still does until this today at 95 years old, that's where my parents are right now, this is what she showed us to do, the spirit of hospitality. And one of the greatest things about gathering is that I get to see people become aware of who Jesus was, not because of a straight out conversation about Jesus or like throwing a Bible at them. And... and, And let me just tell you this, like if you've never seen a Latino grandma pray for someone or something, it's a whole nother game. If you want to see it, go look it up on YouTube. There's there's some there. But it wasn't because she threw the Bible or was harping down people's throats that made this concept of hospitality real. It was because she simply opened the door. That's it. You entered the room and you knew that it was a safe place. You knew that it was a place of refuge, a place to come as you were no matter what was happening in your life. A process of transformation started in people's lives because the table was open. And I think in this season, we need to be reminded of the original meaning of hospitality. We emulate Jesus's love and compassion when we show hospitality. Hospitality not only to people in our church body, but even more so to the strangers that we, that we encounter that may walk through these church doors and maybe, you know, the man serving you at the Starbucks drive-thru or, or the person that's less fortunate. Those are all aspects that we can emulate this hospitality. And I encourage us with this. And I, I know that fear is real and some of you are like, I'm not putting a stranger in my house. COVID's still happening. It's, I'm not doing it well, what if we did this spirit of hospitality through the actions? What if you showed up to work tomorrow after the holiday and there was a new joy upon your life because you understood the concept of what being hospitable means? And I think this whole concept of hospitality, you know, we talk about it all the time at our serve team meetings. Like if you serve here, you understand. Like Echo is thriving with hospitality because we understand that the hospitality leads to transformation in someone's life. Like that's why we emulate this. And when I look back into the scriptures and see that transformation happened because someone opened up their home, their table, they were hospitable, and this allowed for a kingdom transformation to happen. And in parallel, because of Abuela sitting. In this example and instilling this culture into my family, I have brought it into my home with my wife. We have opened up our home to people. We have sat at the table with a meal and had really hard conversations with people because that suddenly became their safe place. And through that process, transformation began not because of us, but because of the action of hospitality. And as I close, I'll say this. Hospitality is not to change people, but it is to offer them a space where change can take place in their life. That's it.
3: Zakiya, can you give us some Kleenexes, please? We'll put them up here. I love that. I think, I love the line, God's calling us to open the door. I don't know about you two, but food tastes better with people. Does it not? Yesterday we had we had some friends over, and if I've learned anything over the years, too, friends friends become family, and I just think there's there's so much power in that tradition of taking the time and eating over eating around a table and the conversations and all that. So I just love that. I love that legacy that your I can't speak Spanish. Your grandma grandma taught you. No, I'm not going to try. I'm so Minnesota. It's not even funny, but. Honestly, that's extremely inspiring. I can't. I took German, okay? <laughs> <laughs> ich, ich heise... German, German. Don't remember. 40 years old. <laughs> ich, ich bin aus Rochester. There we go, I live in Rochester. Did I do that right, anyone? Ich, ich bin aus Rochester. We're gonna move along. <laughs> but I do want Isaiah. I do want Isaiah and Lizzie to make a YouTube video of you making tamales. Teach yeah. us, please. There's your Christy assignment. We'll eat, them. we'll eat them. Volunteer. Yep, platters. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Samantha Joy, would you open your Prezi the, for us? This mic is a little greasy. Ooh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna... You
5: need a Clorox wipe? It's fine. It's, it's fine. gonna be great. Okay. All right, here we go, guys. Are you ready for this? Na, <singing> na, 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 <laughs> Okay, this butte. Look,
3: look at this bad boy. Look at the blanket.
5: Boy. <avocadogroans> Judith Carroll. Do you recognize this? Guys, this was a Christmas present from my beautiful sister-in-law, Judith Carroll. I don't know if you know her. Sorry, I keep calling her, her full name. She probably she doesn't does appreciate that. She not like that. her full name. Judy, it's Judy, it's Judy. All you heard was Judy. Um, so she is married to my bro, Nate, who you probably know because he's loud and obnoxious like me. And, Ju- <laughs> yeah, yeah. and whereas Judy is like the classy, like calm side, okay? Um, so this was a Christmas present um, from my awesome sister-in-law. And I just love what a blanket uh, represents. Um, I love like I mean it actually like keeps you warm right it's it can be like a, a safety blanket like we we use that terminology, um, but I love too just like the covering like how you can like truly like cover the people you love in in prayer and uh, protection and and love um, and so I just I, I, I love that um, and all that sentimental stuff is awesome, but where this is actually leading is that I use this heavy duty. Amazing blanket one Christmas when um, Dexter and I were driving from Tulsa to Denver. We were driving because my awesome parents um, had gotten a VRBO there. Um, they wanted to celebrate Christmas with their family, right? And so they're like, "Okay, kids, like we're going to get a rental, but all of you guys, you just have to get yourselves there." So being like a newly married couple, we were like, "Oh, like gas, food—that's all we have to pay for. Heck yeah, like vacation of a lifetime!" Even though I pushed for like Christmas at the beach, but Nate wanted a white Christmas, so we got Frisco, Colorado, um, <laughs> which is fine. Um, how we got to Tulsa, to Denver, was in our beautiful, deep red 2004 Jeep Grand Cherokee, okay? And this butte was actually another Christmas present I had gotten the year prior from my amazing husband, and, and I loved her, okay? Her name was Eep. Um, And EAP was, I mean, a treasure, truly. Um, But if you guys know, if you have owned a Jeep that's like more than seven years old, they come with some issues, okay? Um, Like no hate, I still love them, but they have their issues. And um, EAP's issue at that time was no heat on the passenger side of the vehicle. Not a big deal when you live in Tulsa, like mild winter, I'm the one driving, right? So heat's on the driver's side, it's fine. But from Tulsa to Denver... When I'm in the passenger side, like I had like 12 blankets and I was still absolutely frigid. Okay, um, I, and I, I hate the cold. I, I have never had any intention of living where it was cold. I grew up in the Midwest and I was like, yeah, like South great, East great, West great, like never Midwest and never under any circumstance do you go North right like just like protect yourself like do not go north dexter and i ended up in tulsa and we're like okay yeah this is like this is as midwest as we get that's kind of like the in-between zone right like you're almost midwest but still kind of south and i was like that's it like we're not we're not going any further but we land in frisco for christmas And it was freezing. Like, I'm talking negative bazillion. The entire stay that we were there, and it it was just, it was frigid. Like, the air just hurt your face. Like, you couldn't walk outside without your face being in pain. Um, We tried to go skiing and snowboarding one day. Um, The boys did a great job. Judy and I made it down the mountain one time. And we were like, where's the fireplace? Like, we were just so cold and miserable. Um, However, I did not leave those those few days in Frisco thinking about how miserable I was. Like, I didn't leave thinking about how much I hated winter or hated the cold. Like, I truly left that stay uh, just feeling encouraged, feeling loved, feeling seen. Like, those, those moments of just making food together, of playing board games, of, of actually getting to spend quality time with little baby Theo. He was, like, just the chunkiest, most beautiful baby, <laughs> you know, getting to know him and just be be around people that actually see you for who you are and don't need anything from you, but just just love you. Look at, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. <laughs> but that just just love you. And I think that trip was a huge turning point for me to realize that, like, your circumstances are only going to get you so far. And that, like, no matter what, there's going to be a circumstance that tries to steal your happiness, a circumstance that, that tries to steal your peace, that tries to steal your joy, right? That, that maybe takes away a building that you thought was meant to be, and you're going to be here forever. Like, I don't know, guys. Like, the circumstances are always, always going to change, but what is never changing is the rock on which we stand, which is Christ Jesus. Like, he is the only thing that is never, ever going to waver. So I want to read from you um,
3: there's from some Isaiah. more. Pic- there's some more pictures, too, if you want to share them yes. on that trip. flip them through. They're cute. They're cute.
5: Um, so I'm reading from Isaiah 26. Um, and I love, so the title, I'm reading from um, ESV version, and it titled the chapter, You Keep Him in Perfect Peace. And it starts, um, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks, which I had no idea what a bulwark was before I read this. So, of course, I looked it up. Um, A bulwark um, is any protection against external danger, a wall of earth or other material built for defense. And in this, this definition, I loved. It says, any person or thing giving strong support or encouragement in time of need and danger or doubt. And guys, if peace is missing from your life, like first and foremost, like you, you, you need prayer. Prayer is a bulwark. Okay, it is going to protect you against those things. It's going to protect you from danger and doubt. Like if if you've never prayed before, if that's like odd for you, like open up your Bible right down the middle. You're gonna land in Psalms. Just read Psalms. Read it out loud. Find a verse that pops out to you. Like read it over and over again until it just naturally flows from your mouth because this, this is how you're going to receive strong support and encouragement in your time of need. And if you don't have a person in your life that is your bulwark, a great word, if you don't have that, like, please reach out to the team here. Like, please tell someone. We always think we're, like, the only ones, and, like, we're out here just, like, living it on our own, but I promise you there's people around you that, like, want to support you. They want to protect you and cover you in prayer. Okay, so that was verse one. Verse two, open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. The Lord is your rock. The Lord is your salvation. The Lord is your peace. The Lord is your strength and the Lord is your joy. So I just, I wanna just pray over all of you blankets of peace in this next year. Blankets of salvation, blankets of strength and blankets of insurmountable joy, like Lord, just like pour joy over every single person in this room. Joy that's, that's too great to overcome.
3: So good. How many, yes, clap for Sam. <clears throat> Sam, how many years ago was that trip? Um, that would have been 2015. 2015. So, so going on seven years.
5: Six well, years six, ago, I guess. Six yeah, years so ago. Six,
3: yeah. One thing, if you don't know this about the Kemet Metzger family too, that I think is super interesting is Theo was the first grandchild. How many grandbabies are there now? Or t- just kidding. I knew that Titus. But how many were there at that point? Three. Okay. So now there's a litter. And <laughs> when I see your family too. It's not about where you are, it's about who you're with. You know, and on that trip, you all were dispersed across the U.S., traveling to be together, and now they all live in Rochester. And they probably wouldn't have handpicked Rochester, but we love Rochester. But if I have learned anything, it's, it's, it's changing and pivoting the way that we think, you know? And I know for me, I've had to shift gears on my dream city. When I read this being strong city, I like to change the word city to home, that God calls us to have a strong home to open our gates, to open our doors, to let people in, and that we are people to be pillars, to be able to be provide blankets of peace. Blankets have been my jam this season, too. I've given a lot of blankets away as Christmas gifts. I just think honoring people and saying thanks for being a blanket and a covering over me, thanks for praying for me, and Andy and I have really felt that in this season, but I'm really inspired by what you said, and I see such a we don't pre- we don't prepare to connect these ahead of time. I just always love how God orchestrates that, and so even just seeing the hospitality and the trust, and the peace because I connect trust with peace. And if you want peace, you have to trust God, and so give Him your burdens. So, Scotty, you're up.
6: So, that was my fault. In case you was one, it was not the sound people's fault. I forgot to turn it on. I was so bad. People look back there as soon as something. Gets. It's not your fault. You guys are doing amazing. Thank you. you. Clap for yeah. Uh, so I, I just really want to thank Andy and Christy for letting us be up here. And I feel like the best way to honor them is with a joke, don't you guys think? Yes. I mean, that's just. Okay, so why was six afraid of nine? But that doesn't work, because it's nine, eight, Seven, oh,
4: right? Oh, nice. Oh, us to Get it.
6: <laughs> I tried to find the worst one I could. It felt like the right thing to do. Okay, so uh, I like what Christy just said and the idea of the connections between the ideas. And so this is the third Sweatpants Sunday, and you've gotten to hear from either me or my wife or both every Sweatpants Sunday. The- I know, and I just, I, I feel like, we've talked a little bit about tradition. Isaiah and I were talking about tradition yesterday. Uh, My word for our idea is legacy. And I wanna talk a little bit about legacy in kind of a big picture way, but there's this story in 2 Samuel, and we can put it up on the screen, and I'm gonna paraphrase it because it's a lot of verses. But like, there's this guy, David, and he starts off and he's like shepherd kid, which by the way, the shepherd is always like just the not brightest kid. Like kid who's out there in the fields is... So David's out there and slowly over time becomes king and does all these really incredible things. And then what God does is he uses a prophet and he speaks to to David and he says, listen, you did these things. God wants to do these other things. We're gonna build a house. Your son's gonna be the one who builds the temple, all these really cool stuff. And then he starts to talk about legacy. And he basically says, what you've done and your faithfulness and the foundation that you've laid will be reaped by generations to come. Okay, that's what all that says in a much more eloquent way. Please look that up, 2 Samuel. And so there's this, this idea that because of what David had done and the decisions that he made, it created a legacy. And it created a legacy that exceeded David's lifetime. And so my gift is, uh, and I it's funny, I like that not one of us got like... Matchbox cars out Or Barbie dolls or anything We all went to these kind of more um, Yeah like sentimental things And I think that kind of speaks to what's really important at Christmas Like I was like What was the gift I got And then when I was thinking about it My grandma every year Sent me Christmas ornaments Like Hallmark Christmas ornaments Now I say every year and I'll explain that in a second But this one is from 1993 It says Santa Claus lanes on it And it's a bowling bag It's great, I was a bowler probably at that time a championship bowler at one point, just for the record. I don't know. Did, you have, so, your I, own,
3: did you have your own bowling ball?
6: I, did, I actually didn't have my own bowling ball. I know. I don't know. I, I, you deserve I know. your own. I just, hey, the, the lanes were, I was just good to go. This one says Felice Navidad, and it's a little pepper on it. And this one's from 1990. So what my grandma did, I was the first grandchild. And what my grandma did is she gave us, she sent me ornaments every year. Now, she didn't start right away. Like, I feel like this idea came to her later. So, like, I don't have an ornament from, I was born in 79 or 80 or 81. Like, they kind of kick in around 85-ish. Okay, that's, that's my guess when this became the thing. Uh, this year's the first time I've been in a Hallmark store, so I had no idea how much money my mom was, or my grandma was actually spending on ornaments. Like, Hallmark ornaments are a little more expensive than I realized. So, uh, she sent them to every grandchild every Christmas until they turned 18. And what I've been thinking about was, This idea of legacy and spilling over and the investment that you make kind of becomes some other things that other people make. So one of the things our family does now, and partially because of what my grandma did, is we go to the store every Christmas and we all buy ornaments. So I brought some for my kids. This is, Jovi picked out Elsa one year. And Nick's got the DeLorean. It's pretty rad. I'm just throwing that out there. What else we got in here? Oh, Veda picked out the Central per coach one time. So I was thinking about the way Jesus views legacy, the way Jesus views family. And I want you to know that in some cases, we use the word legacy and family interchangeably. But I'm somebody who believes that blood is important, but I believe life is more important. So like, I love what Christy just said earlier, which is friends become family. So I don't want you to hear that I'm talking about like blood family. I want you to hear I'm talking about like family family, which is uh, I'm as close to Andy as I am anybody in my life. Like, Like as close as a brother, but we have no blood ties, right? Those are the. So when I talk about family, I want I want that to be really clear. So Matthew one lays out Jesus's family tree, and there's all these generations. And one of my favorite things is like most of them fall in this line of like, hey, we came from Abraham, we're part of the we're part of the club. But then in the mix, there's like these extra people added in that are totally from the outside. And what what that reminds me is Jesus viewed family the same way that I view family. Which is, it's not just about blood. It's not about that. So I want to, I want to kind of end with this, this illustration. And I think the band can probably start making their way up here. So let me ask you a question: How many out here right now could tell me both your, both your grandpa's middle names? Okay, that's that's a decent number. How many out here could tell me one of your grandmother, or excuse me, one of your great-grandmother's first names? Okay, so a decent number. How many of you guys can tell me your great-great-grandparents, can you tell me two of their names? Can you tell me a first and a middle name of a great-great-grandparent? Okay, the answer to that is zero. There's nobody in the room. There's a few people at different points along the way. And what I want you to hear when I tell you this is, it's a little morbid for a second, but I want you to get the big picture is we're only a few generations away from nobody knowing our name. We're only a few generations away from nobody remembering what you bought them for Christmas or where you took them on vacation or where you went to school or all those things. But what legacy can we leave that would matter beyond those timeframes? And so I always think about our time here at ECHO and I love being here at this church and I love investing in the church and I love seeing God move but, like, I think about our kids, I think about this church, and I think about the things that really matter in the future. And so, as we go through a season where a lot of times it's about gifts and we're just hammered with materialism and all the things that are going on, like, what maybe could our legacy be for 2022 and beyond? What maybe could God do in our lives and through us to do something big? So that was my idea.
3: I love it. Thank you, Scott. You bet. So good. Yes. five for Scott. And I think this, the, this legacy thing, it starts now. And like I started out by saying, no matter what your past is, God is calling you to take that pen to paper and to write out your story, to dream. What, what memories can you start today? What traditions can you start? I know we're throwing in new traditions every year. I'm like, I wanna do that, let's do this. Be spontaneous, be impulsive with it, include others. And I just think it's beyond Christmas, it's beyond the holiday, it's beyond the present under the tree, but it's it's who is around the tree with you. And so I just would love it if you guys can stand with me, I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna close out with a song. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for speaking to us through Isaiah and Sam and Scott, God, and I just pray that you will continue to show us what it looks like to be hospitable, what it looks like to open up our life, open up our home, open up our time, our schedule. God, I pray that you will stretch us and that this is gonna be a year where we get uncomfortable. I pray for new traditions, God, and I just pray that if there's anxiety and fear represented in the midst of even just this topic, God, I pray that you will just protect us, that you will be our blanket of peace that you'll be our protector and our provider. God, that we can trust you with big things as well as little things, God. And I just pray right now that we can create a legacy today, God. I pray for new traditions. I pray for you to take, whether it's a memory or a dream, and that you can tie it together, God, and that we can love people, that we can think futuristic, we can think ahead, God, and just honestly live day to day on what it looks like to be a follower of you. And I just pray over this morning, God, I pray over every single person in this room, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a God who doesn't give up on us. And I just pray over the song, the words to this song, God, that you will just speak them over us. Amen.
1: song today that God has never failed you yet come on let's honor Jesus let's honor the the move of the spirit here today as I was preparing to come up and I was thinking I I actually was putting myself in Scott's shoes because this is what he does every week and I was like how difficult of a job it is to come up here and just kind of bring one point so I'm gonna bring none except this one thing I can't help but say something. What a special morning. What a special morning. What a special place. And I, I love you guys. And I thank God for you. Anybody agree with that? I mean, do you think? I mean, oh, wow. I just love it. Every week we pray a prayer to remind us that we need Jesus. And we need to do this together. I'm gonna ask Kirk to put that on the screen. It should be around their message slides. And uh, I just, let's make this our prayer. Uh, let's just make this our anthem. And press into Jesus. There's some people that came in here, your guests, and man, you just don't understand the love of God. That could start today. Surrender your life. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority, amen. Can we celebrate with those who might have prayed that for the very first time? There's another group of people we like to celebrate every week, and that's our guests. Uh, we would love to connect with you. There's a card on your table or on your seat. Uh, we'd love to have you fill that out. And there's a table out in the lobby. There's some people that would love to show you hospitality. We would love to welcome you into a church full of peace, full of love, full of joy, full of blankets. And we're not talking about wet blankets. We're talking about warm blankets who love each other. Can I hear an Amen. And uh, so let's celebrate those that are here for the very first time. Two more things. Next week, I'm starting a new series called 100% Juice. We're going to lean into the fruits of the spirit and just kind of like lean and go, hey, when we're squeezed, what comes out of us? You know, I, I don't know if it's a prophetic, me- prophetic message of what might happen next with us as a church or individually, but you know what? I'm 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 uh, I'm resolute. I am moving forward. I'm pressing forward. I'm gonna be who God's called me to be. Echo Church is gonna be the church that Echo's supposed to be, and we're gonna be the light in the middle of the city. Amen. <laughs>